0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 59. And I'm going to be talking about catch up days, sibling rivalry, fleas, Valentine's Day, music video shoots, and mean kids, and I'm sure lots of other things in this episode. We've had a busy few days and I've got quite a lot of stories to share with you, so I hope you'll listen along. If you've been following along with my Facebook timeline or Instagram and have been looking at my photos, you might know that last week the girls and I went to a local nature reserve to record a music video. Imogen recorded a folk song long, long ago and Sophie filmed a musical video for her to go along with it. And of course, the rest of us were involved as well. So last Thursday, we got up at 5am, we got a picnic together, Sophie did Imogen's hair, she did her makeup and put on some nice clothes. The rest of us just rolled out of bed and got dressed as quickly as we could because we weren't going to be filmed. And then we all got into the car and Imogen drove us to the nature reserve, which is about 35 minutes away. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, episode 58, you will have heard me speak about this nature reserve. We went there for a picnic and I was speaking about how I translated that three-hour picnic into the right educational language. Yes, I made lots and lots of notes out of that learning experience. But while we were there, enjoying ourselves, having a picnic and having a walk along the river, observing all the wildlife and looking at all the signs and taking lots of photos, Imogen had this idea that she would like to return to record her next music video there. She thought that there were some lovely locations and it would look good on film. So she asked us if we would mind returning with her to do that music video. Sophie said we should get there just as the sun was rising to get the best light. It's summer here in Australia, we're just at the tail end of summer and the sun in the middle of the day is far too strong for any type of photography or videography. The best light is that of early morning. So we all decided that yes, we would go with Imogen, we'd make the big sacrifice, give up some sleep and go with her to record this video. Well, we rolled up to the nature reserve just after 6 o'clock. The sun hadn't fully risen, but we could see. And by the time we set up all the equipment, the light was perfect. And I never realized what a difference the time of day makes to the light for photography and videography. I got some wonderful photos. Totally unexpected. A lovely soft glow to all my photos. And the location is really beautiful. So Imogen picked out three locations that she wanted to film at. She had three verses of her song and she decided she wanted to record each verse at a different location. So we started off at the picnic area. Then we picked up all the equipment and we walked a bit further along the track to the weir that I was talking about last week. Oh wow, it was just spectacular. The mist coming off the water, the birds sitting on top of the weir, the birds calling... It was absolutely beautiful. It was totally worth getting up at 5 a.m. to see the site. Sophie and I have already decided that we're going to return another day at that time. Next time we're just going to take our cameras and we're going to concentrate on photography. We're not going to have to worry about videos at all. This will be just for us. But we managed to get a few photos here and there, in between the video shooting. We didn't have a lot of time because we had to get the video done before the sun came up too high in the sky. And after we finished recording, which was about quarter past seven in the morning, we had a picnic breakfast. We would just taken a few things out of our cupboard. We had muesli in there. We grabbed a bottle of milk and coffee and tea. We took boiling water in thermos flasks, bowls and cutlery and things. We just threw it all into an esky. And took it with us. Very simple breakfast. But we were absolutely starving by the time we had finished filming. Because we were filming on the day after Ash Wednesday. So we'd had a day of fasting. Got up the next morning and headed straight into filming. And we had to wait for our breakfast. But that was okay. We really appreciated it. And while we were sitting there having breakfast, I said to the girls, Do you mind if I record an interview with you? They didn't object, so I got my camera out. We have this nifty little mirrorless camera now. Sophie and I share it between us, and it's perfect for taking quick bits of video. So I just held it in my hand and chatted to the girls about the video shoot, how it had gone, and what Imogen's plans are for the future as far as her music goes, what type of voice she has, what type of songs she wants to record. Now, it's not a great piece of video because I think I positioned myself wrongly. I was sitting opposite image and I should have sat down one end of the table and then panned between all of the girls. Instead, I kept swinging the camera around 180 degrees to catch everybody's reactions every time I asked a question. But I'll learn. That's part of the fun, isn't it? You learn on the go. Next time, I'll have a better video. When we got home, well, a couple of days later, actually, Sophie took my piece of video and she did some editing on it, made it look good, and we uploaded it to YouTube and shared that. So far, I've only shared it on my Facebook timeline, but it's there on YouTube if anyone would like to have a look at it. I think it's called Filming a Music Video, an Unschooling Interview. It's not the only interview that I've recorded this week. I've been very productive, which is not really like me at all. I tend to flip from one thing to another without much planning. I get a lot done, but I don't always get the things done that I intend to get done. But this week I got, I think, four videos recorded and... Sophie has been helping me out with the editing. I've been editing my own videos, but Sophie really enjoys it, and she edits them using Photoshop Premiere, and she does a better job than me, so I've been letting her do that. I really don't mind. It saves me a lot of trouble, and she makes me look good. So what were my other interviews about? Well, the other evening after dinner, Sophie and I took our dog, Nora, for a walk, I took the camera with me because sometimes we take photos as we're walking along. And partway down the track, I said to Sophie, how about I interview you? Make a video while we're out. What shall we talk about? And I remembered that somebody had asked me about sibling rivalry a little while ago. So I said, shall we talk about sibling rivalry? And Sophie was agreeable. She's a delight to talk to. She's one of these people who have lots of opinions, and she's able to articulate them. So catching her on the spot and asking her a few questions doesn't faze her at all. She doesn't need a lot of preparation time. She just talks off the top of her head, and what comes out is usually very interesting. Unlike me, I have to prepare very well for podcasts and and videos of my own. I'm not so good at, yeah, just speaking without preparation. So we found a spot in the bush. We actually went to a place that's very close to where Imogen recorded her first music video around Christmas time. So we found a lovely spot with a nice big rock where Sophie could sit, and we tied the dog to a tree so she wouldn't get in our way. She made a bit of a noise actually by burying herself in the grass and in the dirt, but I don't think that spoilt the video at all. We pointed out to viewers that the dog was to one side of us and we hoped that she wouldn't make a lot of noise. And I spoke to Sophie about her relationship with her siblings, especially her sisters close in age, Imogen, who's 21, Charlotte, who's 18, and Gemma Rose, who's 12, and Sophie is 14. Now, the girls are very much a team. We call them Team Elvis. They're always working together, doing things like the music video shoot, do other things together as well. We all go running. They're the team. I'm really quite lucky that they let me belong to the team as well. So I made that video, and then a day or so later, I recorded the same interview, or well, a similar interview, similar questions with Imogen, my 21-year-old daughter. Now we didn't tell Imogen what Sophie's answers were to the questions about sibling rivalry ahead of time. She had no idea what Sophie said. So we went down to the bush again, and I asked her similar questions and recorded it. And when we finished our interview, Sophie came running along the track with her camera. She just got down to the bush and met us there, and Imogen went home. She had other things that she wanted to do, but I grabbed the opportunity at once. I said to Sophie, how about... I record another interview while we're down here together. What should we talk about this time? So we found another spot in the shade and we talked about perfect families, mistakes and listening to kids. Sophie gave her views on those issues. I haven't actually uploaded that video to YouTube yet, but I hope to do that in a few days time if anybody is interested. So that's what four videos that are have or will be on my youtube channel in the next few days i always forget to mention my youtube channel but i put videos on there fairly regularly sometimes i upload videos and publish them but i won't put them on my blog so if you want to keep up with my videos if you're interested in watching them you could uh, subscribe to my channel sue elvis Talking about my sibling rivalry videos makes me think about the problems of appearing perfect. I wrote two blog posts this week to go with my two sibling rivalry interviews. If you watch my videos, you will find out that my girls think that there is no such thing as sibling rivalry in our family. After I posted the videos, several people left comments on Facebook Saying such things as beautiful family, lovely, warmed my heart, that type of thing. Which is all very nice. But it also made me think, perhaps people think that I put videos of my family on YouTube to show my family off. To say, hey, look at my family. I've got it all worked out. They're all perfect. Come and have a look. That made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Why did I post the videos if it wasn't to show off my girls? Well, for a start, I have been asked the question, Do you have sibling rivalry in your family? And if so, how do you deal with it? A few people have asked that question. And I guess this was my answer. No, we don't have sibling rivalry in our family. Why not? The answer, I think, has got to do with unschooling. I think because we lead an unschooling life, it has decreased the chances of our children having sibling rivalry. They all feel very loved, valued, part of the family team. There's really no reason for them to rival with each other. So that's the second reason why I posted the videos, because it's about unschooling. I want to talk about unschooling. I want to show people the possibilities of unschooling. Well, maybe your family won't be exactly like ours, but I want to share the blessings that our family has had because of living this way of life. Share a few ideas. So I hope that when people watch my videos, people don't turn off and go away and say, Hey, I've had enough of watching Perfect Family videos. I feel discouraged. This is doing nothing for me. I don't think that my videos are very off-putting. Because sometimes I think... That when we are all struggling through some kind of problem the best sort of help we can get is from people who are in a similar situation to the one we're in we can talk about it together have empathy swap a few ideas we don't feel that we're alone but when somebody seems to have all the answers it's yeah off-putting how are we gonna get there or perhaps We're never going to get there. Or perhaps she's just lucky. She has good kids. My kids are different. It's very complex. So after I posted the videos and thought about what people would think of them, I then started thinking about how did we actually get to the stage where my children do not fight, they do not argue, they care about each other and love being with each other. How did we get there? And you know, I haven't got a good answer. If I think back to previous years, I've been a parent now for 29 years nearly. It's been a long time. And of course, not every moment of those 29 years has been good. Yeah, my kids have argued. They haven't fought physically, I don't think. I don't think I ever had that problem. But they haven't always been kind. They've had their mean moments. They've complained about each other. They haven't always got on. I have to admit that, but it's been a long, long time since we've had to deal with any of those issues. So what did we do? And that's the hard thing. We've lived like we've been living for so long, and we got used to the way things are. It takes a lot of thought to think back to what it was like in the old days. And when I asked the girls, like I did this morning, how did we resolve that situation? For example, now we were talking about a couple of situations which were difficult. For example, at one time Sophie was just desperate to spend a lot of time with Charlotte, her older sister, and Charlotte didn't like that idea at all. How did we resolve that? Because we don't have that situation anymore, and we really can't think of exactly what we did. It is very difficult dissecting relationships in retrospect. I don't suppose I kept a diary and wrote all these things down. I do keep a diary now. I've kept one for the past eight years, I think. Maybe I should just flick back through it and see if I'd recorded any such examples of times when the kids weren't getting on. But anyway, together the girls and I did come up with some ideas about how to foster good relationships between siblings. Sophie and Imogen talked about a few of these in their videos. And I made a list, well I made two lists actually. One list for each of my blog posts about sibling rivalry. Now I'm not sure that they're the right answers. I'm not sure they're the complete story. But I offer them for a discussion and if anybody has some other ideas about how to encourage kids to get along with each other, I'd really love to hear them. I think the whole thing boils down to unconditional love. I think that if we are loved, and we know we're loved, inside and out, that people care about us, we get a lot of attention, we get our fair share, we have no reason to regard other people as rivals. And when we feel really loved, I think that love spills over to other people. They want to love in their turn. And so love travels from mother to daughter to sibling has uh, a very simple idea. Maybe it's all got to do with parents' example, treating kids how we want them to treat each other. I'm not going to say an awful lot more about it because I've spent a lot of time writing about it and thinking about it over the past two days, and it's all in my blog posts if you're interested. And I've got some other things I'd like to talk about in this podcast as well. So I'm going to leave that there and move on to something else. I'm going to go back to Thursday when we did the music video shoot. It was a really long day, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. By about 7 o'clock that evening, we were all exhausted, Gemma Rose especially. She was a little bit out of sorts at dinner time. And I was really happy to see how the older girls, her siblings, reacted to that. They didn't get upset at all. They just said, Gemma Rose, you're tired. We'll do the dishes without you tonight. You go and get ready for bed and have a rest. And I said, look, I'll go and find my small DVD player. How about you watch a movie? Get in your pajamas, find a movie, and then you can lie in bed and watch a movie. That's all you have to do today. And I really liked However, everybody rallied around to help someone that needed extra care. The girls always do it to me. If I'm tired, I've talked about this before, they'll say, go sit down, Mum. we'll look after you. And they make me a cup of tea. And I think it all comes from the fact that they recognize that I've put a lot of time and effort into looking after them, and they want to do the same thing for me. But I fully love seeing them do it for each other. Not complaining, saying, hey, come on, stop being grumpy. Come on, do your fair share of the work. But instead saying, look, we can see you're tired. You go off and relax. We can manage without you. And when I was... Tucking the girls into bed. My girls, youngest girls are 12 and 14. They still like being tucked into bed. And I'm not complaining because I haven't got any little girls anymore. And I'm going to hang on to this tradition as long as possible. I like going in and saying a few words to them in the evening. Asking them about their day. Telling them I love them and turning the light out for them. So I went in to switch their light off for them and I said to the girls let's have a catch-up day in the morning shall we and everybody was agreeable now if you've been listening to my podcast reading my blog posts you might be familiar with our daily routine we're early morning people we like to get up early and go for a run before breakfast get all the chores done out of the way and then have the rest of the day free to work on all our interests A holiday stretching ahead of us, and we can do whatever we want in that day. That's how we like to operate. But on a catch up day, every now and then we need to take things easy. Get up late. Do our chores at a more leisurely pace. Sit around and drink coffee first thing in the morning. Just chat, just catch up, so that we're not got get that feeling that we're running all the time. I think this is a wonderful Aspect of unschooling being flexible, being able to do what we want to do. Yes, some days we want to get up early, or well, most days we do, but every now and then we need a catch up day, and we can take that catch up day. So, Friday we did have a late start to the day, seeing to everybody's needs. Our needs that day was for rest, and that's what we did. So, our routine is not set in stone. No. It changes according to the needs of everybody in the family. It also changes according to what actually happens outside the immediate family, some things we have no control over. For example, yesterday morning, we spent all morning recording rosaries for a radio show. I said that some things we have no control over. Well, we didn't have to record the rosaries, but we wanted to help somebody in our parish. Now, about a year ago... We recorded some rosaries for the same parishioner. She's been doing this radio show for, oh, many, many, many years. Every Sunday she has a 30-minute slot on the local radio, and she records a a rosary, has some religious music, has a message for her listeners, and apparently there's a lot of listeners in our area, especially older people, who have nobody to play to pray the rosary with, and they tune in and like listening to her show. So we did it about a year ago in a professional studio. I talked about this in a podcast, and I can't remember what episode it was, but it was one of the earlier ones because I was in the stage where I was still very much in the experimental mode of my podcasting, and we'd gone to this professional studio, and I'd had a chance to talk to a real audio person, a person who does audio as a living. He's a voice-over man. He does things like the voiceovers for commercials and other things. We recognised his voice when we met him for the first time because we'd heard it at the local cinema telling us all about the local attractions. So, back to Monday, recording Rosaries. We didn't actually go to the professional studio this time because the audio man, he's busy at the moment and hasn't got any spare time to help our friend. And she knows that I do some audio work for my podcasts. She knows I have a mic and the computer and all the pro- the program to do audio work, even though it's fairly simple compared to a professional audio studio. And she asked if I'd be willing to help her record her programs. So I said yes. I think sometimes we get very selfish with our time. We want to have our week just so we want to plan it out and just do only things that we like doing so I think it's very good for us sometimes to do these things for other people things that we wouldn't immediately choose to do but which are good things to do and it's good for our children to get involved as well so we didn't resent doing it or giving up a whole morning for it it was a good experience So we recorded a rosary or two and some intros and outros and I've got all this music and other stuff and I've got to put together four 30-minute radio shows. I don't know how I'm going to go with that, to be broadcast on local radio rather than just one of my podcasts. Podcast doesn't matter at all whether it's good quality or not because my listeners are very kind. So, I'm going to see how I go with those shows. I hope they turn out okay. I know it's going to take me a long time to edit them, which is rather worrying because we're having a bit of a running week. We're racing through our week again. I think we're going to need a catch up day again, and I think that catch up day is going to be tomorrow because today, Tuesday, I'm recording this on Tuesday evening, a day early. I have the opportunity of a quiet evening. I thought I'd get on and record my podcast so we can have a catch-up day tomorrow. But today was a busy day too. Another event out of our control. This time it was out of our control due to fleas. We have three cats and a dog and they all had fleas. A terrible situation. I'm sure pet owners understand completely. And when my husband Andy at the weekend got fed up of scratching his flea bite, It doesn't sound very good, does it, to be inflicted with flea bites. He said, we've got to do something about these fleas. And I said, well, we'll have to flea bomb the house. Flea bombing the house, we did that maybe two years ago. We knew it was a big job. But the thing is, we have inside cats. And when you flea bomb a house, you've got to evacuate the house for at least two hours. What do you do with cats for two hours? That was our problem this morning. Well, Tuesday morning is piano morning. We go into town so Charlotte and Sophie can have piano lessons. And this morning, when we got in the car, we took along the three cats. Three cats in three cat carriers. Three grumpy cats. Oh my, they hate travelling in the car. We drove all the way to town with them moaning, yeah, meowing all over the place. A cat chorus they didn't let up once so we dropped the girls off at their piano lessons and Imogen and Jim Rose and I we continued on to the vets we thought look what are we going to do with cats for nearly two hours while the girls have lessons one of our cats has a skin problem and needs a special diet so we decided to go to the vet to pick up more food for this particular cat So we had three cats again as we were driving along to the vets in the next town. They weren't very happy at all. Once we picked up the food from the vets, we drove to the park. We took all the cats in their cat carriers out of the car and we set them up under a tree in the shade side by side. And then the girls and I retreated back to the car to sit and chat while we waited for the minutes to tick by Before we could go back and get the other girls from their lessons, we just let the cats sit under the tree and complain to themselves. I don't think there was anything wrong with them. They were just protesting because they didn't like being confined to the carriers. So that was our morning. We got home with the cats about soon after 10 o'clock. And we still had to ventilate the house, clean up all the flea bombs. So the cats still had to sit in their carriers outside the house. And then one by one, they were brought in and Gemma Rose washed each cat with flea shampoo. And by the time all this had happened, they were thoroughly miserable and we were thoroughly exhausted. So that was our morning. We spent it getting rid of fleas. Now all this might not be very interesting, but I think the point I'm making is that sometimes things happen out of our control And we just go with the flow. Whatever happens today, we had to get rid of fleas. Good job we didn't have any workbooks to fill in or school to go to or anything like that. We just do what needs doing. Yesterday, we did rosaries. Just something that we had to do. We learn something from every experience. I don't think it matters very much that we have to interrupt our week like this. But I must admit, that every single one of us is yearning for a normal day. We want to stay home, watch some DVDs, talk, drink coffee, read books. Jim Rose wants to work on her cross-stitch, write some blog posts, do something normal, have a normal day at home. So that's what we're doing tomorrow, having another catch-up day. <coughs> Have one last story to tell and this is to do with valentine's day did you all have a happy valentine's day i wonder if you got some lovely presents and did something romantic i'm sure you didn't have a valentine's day like ours i think ours was pretty unique now my husband andy is not really very good at special days and presents he always worries about disappointing me Sometimes he forgets the days. Sometimes he fails to buy what I want and he realizes it. It used to worry me in the early days of our marriage. I had high expectations and I expected my husband to do things my way. And if he didn't give me the exact present that I was hoping for, I would get very disappointed to make it very obvious. Not very nice at all, I don't think. But I've got better over the years. We've got a lot more relaxed about things like birthdays and Valentine's days. And I've got so relaxed that i started making a few errors too. I probably told you the story on one of my podcasts last year, how I forgot the date of our wedding anniversary. And on the morning of our anniversary, my husband presented me with a card and a gift. and I had nothing to give him. And he really laughed about it. Because he said, that's the sort of thing that he's been doing over the years. And finally, I did it. And I think he was quite grateful that I had done it. And we laughed about that one. And I went and bought him a present and a card that day while he was at work. But yes, it didn't really matter. Well, Valentine's Day was on Sunday. And on Saturday late afternoon, my husband suddenly said to me, Oh, I've got something I need to buy at the shops. I'm just dashing out and I called out I'll come with you hang on a minute let me get my shoes and he said no 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 I'm ready to go already I'll see you later and he closed the door fast. and I didn't think too much of it because I was on the computer and I didn't really want to go anyway I just felt I ought to offer to go it didn't occur to me where he was going and why I just thought he might be going to the hardware store or something But later on, I realized he was off down to the shops to get a card and a box of chocolates for me for Valentine's Day. Got up on Sunday morning, and yes, he had a box of chocolates, lint balls, which are my favorite, and a lovely card for me. And I had a card for him as well. I'd bought it a few days earlier, but I hadn't got a present because I got my days in a muddle. I didn't realize Valentine's Day was on Sunday, so even though I bought the card, I thought, oh look, I've got plenty of time to buy a present, I'll get that another time. And then on Saturday evening, I realized, oh, Valentine's Day tomorrow, I didn't buy a gift. I went to get the card, got it out of the bag, and realized it didn't have an envelope. So have you ever done that? Bought a card, and the envelope has either been missing or it slipped out and you hadn't realized. And so all you have is a card and no envelope. So I thought, oh, look, I'll just write in it and give it to him and explain. The envelope disappeared. I don't know where. It won't matter. So when Andy gave me the card and the box of chocolates, I said, I've got something for you too. And I gave him the card. and said, I'm really sorry. It hasn't got an envelope. And he said, oh, that doesn't matter. And we grinned about that. And then I said, I haven't got a present either. I got my days in a muddle. And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. I think he felt rather good that he was the one that had the gift and I didn't. Twice in a row, he'd done better than me. Anyway, I went off to the kitchen. I was making breakfast. I went to the pantry and I found... A box of Christmas chocolates in there. One of those packets of celebration chocolates. All the little tiny Mars bars and flakes and Snicker bars, that type of thing. Yeah, my eyes lit up and I thought, wow, I'm going to give this to Andy for a Valentine's Day present. So I went back to the bedroom and I said to him, close your eyes. And he said, why? I said, just close your eyes. I said, put out your hands. And I put the chocolate box on his hands. And he opened his eyes and he said, where do you get this? I said, I found it in the pantry. I thought it would make a good Valentine's Day present. And we laughed over that. And he said, oh, thank you very much. And then later on, just before we were going to Mass, I was looking for my shoes. And next to my shoes is a box, my present box. Every now and then I buy things that I think might make a nice present for somebody. I put them in my present box. So I've got a little store of gifts in there. And I had a look in my present box while I was getting my shoes and I found a Bible. And I thought, oh look, I could give that to Andy for a Valentine's Day present too. So I went up to him and I said, Andy, close your eyes and hold out your hands. So he did and I put the Bible on his hands and he opened his eyes and they opened wide. And he says, wow, what's this? I said, it's a Valentine's Day gift, a Bible. And he said, wow, I've never had a Bible of my own before. He said, Where did you get it? And I said, "Um, I found it in my present box actually. And he laughed and he said, well, now you're one present up on me. He said, I gave you one thing and you gave me two things. And I said, that doesn't matter. I said, anyway, why don't you walk around the house? You might find something that you can give to me. It was really lovely. We had a big giggle over that one. But it made me think, we have a house full of stuff. I bet we could walk around the house and find things to give to each other. I often think about my possessions, things that I own, and think, I could give some of those things to the girls, things that I either have been given as presents myself or things that I even treasure that I'd like them to have. There's nothing wrong in having a second-hand gift, I'm sure. So that's my Valentine's Day story, and I bet it's different from yours. But if you have a Valentine's Day story and would like to share it, please stop at my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and tell me about it because I'd love to hear it. Got any resources to share today because, as I said, we've had an unusual week. We haven't had time to sit at home and use anything, watch anything, read anything. But I'm sure I'm going to have loads to share with you next week because I'm determined that we're going to have a normal week. In the meantime, you could visit my Pinterest boards. I haven't mentioned those for a while. Somebody sent me a message on Facebook the other day to say she'd just discovered them after listening to a previous podcast one I probably recorded last November. So that made me think, I don't always share where I am around the internet. I'm in lots of places around the internet. Pinterest is one of them. I have quite a few boards and all the resources that I tell you about in my podcasts, I usually put on my Pinterest boards. It's an easy way of sharing. The links are there and they're easy to find. So if we've been talking about geography, say... You might visit my unschooled geography board. So while we're talking of where I am around the internet, I've already told you that I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, but I hardly ever go over there. I'm a failure at Twitter, but I am there. And as I said, I'm on Facebook. I have a personal timeline, which you could follow if you'd like. If you'd like to be friends, then... Please send me a friend request. And if we don't have any mutual friends, I'd appreciate a little message as well. Just so I know what our connection is. We're connected by unschooling. And then I have my Instagram account as well. I've really been enjoying posting photos on Instagram. I post a couple usually every day. Photos of what we're doing out and about, shots, interesting things that we might have seen, that type of thing. So if you're on Instagram, You could stop by and let me know. Maybe we could follow each other. So I'm going to say goodbye in a minute. As I said, it's Tuesday evening. This is the evening I usually spend with Gemma Rose. All my other girls and my husband Andy are out at choir practice. And we usually spend Tuesday evenings together. But today, she's playing on the computer. I said I'd just disappear off, record my podcast, and then join her. And we can do something together before she goes to bed. I just want to get this podcast done because I know that I'm going to be really busy over the next couple of days editing those rosary radio shows. And I have to edit this podcast as well. So get ahead a bit. So if you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes, follow it through Podbean, or follow along on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I'll put some show notes on my blog. You might like to hop over and read those posts about sibling rivalry. Have a look at my videos on YouTube. You could watch out for my next video with Sophie about perfect families, mistakes and listening to kids. Yep, Sophie has some interesting opinions. So I'd just like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for all the comments that people have left me and the emails people have sent, Facebook messages. They're all appreciated very much. So until next week, trust, respect and love unconditionally.